Hey you guys, hope everybody's doing good. Seems a good time to do a podcast and this is kind of coming towards the end of another three week hard block which is, you know, that's it's frightening how fast um, time really goes. Um, you know, we're, we're well, well, well into this pandemic now and for most people like we probably all went through the same or similar phases and it's kind of like um you know the early the early probably stages of covid was probably like like almost like either either confused or in denial so at the start it's kind of like ah come on this isn't as bad as people are making out you know, there's no way Italy might have faced a lockdown, but there's no way we are going to face a lockdown. Um, it's being blown out of proportion. These are the kind of things, you know, you would have been thinking or probably thinking like, uh, I don't know what the fuck you were thinking. Um, and now we've kind of probably gone through like a, a mopey phase where like you don't really know how to react. And, and now we're probably just in the, um, you know, is this like like acceptance but like with acceptance still comes like frustration. So you're kind of like, it is what it is. You know, I can still get my bread, milk, eggs, um, dog food, stuff for my husband, stuff for my wife, blah, blah, blah. We can still drink with the neighbors on a Friday or a Saturday, whatever, you know. Everyone learns to adapt. And then in the adaptation phase and the acceptance phase, you kind of just get into a new routine. Um, and then what will be really interesting is how quickly we're able to, um, during like a recovery phase, how much of this new routine do we decide, you know what, fuck, like, yes, everything can go back to normal, and yes, I'm allowed to go and meet up with like, you know, my, and I'm going to say this, but don't take it the wrong way, but you're going to say things like, you know, my proper friends rather than my neighbors, you know, I can go and meet my girls or I can go and meet my mates we can go to the pub but I wonder how much of the the new sort of life that you're living right now will actually stick and I wonder how many people will be like do you know what my neighbors are actually pretty fucking cool people I've really enjoyed having like like even though it was under strange circumstances but you know what it was quite fun putting a a wee music box on in the street and it was quite fun sitting in our driveways and um, when the weather was nice and how I'm sorry I'm cleaning dishes so um I just need to get my my pot ready for my poached eggs um yeah so look I wonder how much of the the new um routine the, the new way of socializing the new life will kind of like you know move forward and uh you know I, I don't like saying things like your new life or you know things like this because you know it's not like that much has changed like but at the same time we're all if you if you took a look at how you were probably your behavior um three months ago you know it probably wasn't sitting in your front yard like some people have been doing you know sitting with a table and chairs with your glass of wine or your gin or whatever and you know your neighbor the next door up the door after that blah 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 are out in their lawn and you're socializing, or, you know, these kind of things are happening, or you're meeting up in groups, but you're still, like, (coughs) you're still very much aware of, you know, how, not so much, like, I don't think it's so much fear that, sorry, I'm going to 
clear my throat again. <coughs> I've just finished the bike race. I don't think it's fear of like the virus as much as it's just, you know, we have social expectations. And so if you're out with four people, I think you're allowed to be out with at the minute. And, you know, if you knew it was just you and your three friends, you'd probably not be as like serious about the social distance. But like, obviously, when you're out and there's other people out and you know they might kind of be looking over, you're like, fuck, they're looking over here. Let's get a bigger gap going here. Um, but look, whatever works, you know, it, it seems they have helped. It seems they've lowered this curve, as they talk about. And I don't know, are they talking about this R, this R rating now or, you know, whatever it is. But um, look, we're well into it anyway. That's another three weeks. Um ticked off behind me personally um i i don't know what week we're on you know i went through a phase of hey it's day 38 and i'm still fucking killing it now i've kind of got over that like that just got a bit not tedious but like shit like i wanted to know what day it was every single day um you know that can get a little bit depressing when you just start knocking it when you when you're talking days you're better to just knock out weeks and months and you know hypothetically what should happen from here is it just gradually, gradually gets sort of um, better and more things can go back to normal. Like, it is frustrating. You know, I, I tried to book, a, I actually tried to book a trip to St. Moritz and I booked flights. And, um, you know, I was I was talking to the, the guy that I stay with up in St. Moritz and I, and I got excited about it. And and then, you know, I, I dug deeper and what I had read about St. Moritz and, you know, it had said, if you're an EU citizen, you can travel. And, and then, you know, I went on the Swiss government website and basically read that you can travel if, you know, again, travel is absolutely necessary or you have official documents to say that you're going to work for, um, you know, somebody in Switzerland. So like a Swiss, Swiss government, um, you know, something like that, not oh, yeah, I'm going to go fucking train at altitude for a month for an Olympics that I'm hoping will happen in, a, like, X amount of months' time or a year's time or blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, my, my little my little St. Moritz trip got shut down. And that's tough. Like, I mean, not tough in, like, the sense the way life has been tough for other people at the minute, but, oh, it's just a pain in the ass that... Like, actually, I'm going to just take everything I just said back. I was going to say it's a pain in the ass that I do all this planning and then, like, it gets shut down. But let's be honest, I fucking love planning. And I, I regularly make plans and then delete my own plans. So, look, <laughs> I'm not about to start complaining. Um, and, yeah, I hope that gives you a bit of a laugh because it's funny when you do, you're about to go off on a rant and then you catch yourself on and you're like, like, what are you talking about, you retard? You love making plans and then not following through with them, so shut up. So I'll just shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, training, training's gone good. This is a, this is a good week of training and, and, and like, I guess this is probably like week seven, you know, doing some bike stuff, but it's not really, and I'm gonna fucking say this and it's gonna sound really stupid because it's the name of a Lance Armstrong bike, but it's not really about the bike. Um, you know, it, it's more the fact that I, I almost tricked my brain into a new activity, which, you know, created this motivation and created this focus. And like, you know, where I'm going to go with that is like, you know, it's a Friday night last night. Um, yesterday was like a big training day. Like 
you know, yesterday I did K's in the morning. I went on the treadmill because it was so windy. So I did some K's. And then I did the last one outside because I didn't fucking believe the speed the treadmill was telling me. <laughs> so I got pissed off and I went outside and then I, I just proved myself that I was right. The speed of the treadmill was wrong. Um, yeah, I did some Ks and then I did an hour on the bike because I, I hadn't cycled this week much. I just did the session on Tuesday night and then I decided to do an easy hour last night. I was actually hoping I could go round the course that the bike race was going to be on today. Um, but... Nala, it's not your fucking recovery drink. It's my recovery drink. Get your mouth away from my recovery drink. <laughs> She's just looking at me like I'm retarded. Um, yeah, no, I, I, um, I was hoping I could go round the course, but um, I don't know. The course didn't exist, and I wasn't able to. So I just did an hour on the bike. Um, nice and easy, nothing crazy. Um, and then my mate texted me and was like, "Hey, like, you know, we're allowed to run. Do you wanna?" go for a four-mile run. This is my mate, Andrew Dockerty. He used to be a runner a long time ago. Um, he, you know, he would have been a, a pretty good runner, an Irish schools runner, and, um, you know, a guy that probably at the time, you know, like would have been the kind of guy that could win, like, Ulster schools and, and you know, be really, really competitive across country. Um, but he's been doing little jogs and stuff, and so when he texted me that, I was still on the bike, and I was like, ah, like, fuck me. Like, that's going to... It, it, it would have meant that yesterday was a session in the morning, a one-hour bike ride, and a four-mile run, and it was so windy outside, and I just thought, you know what, why not? So I told him if he would come over, me, him, and Nala could run around the grass pitches, and I knew it would be pretty slow because of the wind. And um, So that was grand. So yesterday turned into like a fucking pretty big day. And so I wake up for these bike races, and I'm just like, you know, I'm... There's, like I'm motivated and I'm enthusiastic because I know how hard they're going to be but like I'm fucking definitely not going into them fresh um but I just love that I can like crack on like that's I, I was you know I was looking at it and, and that's it's two weeks in a row where I think my average heart rate is something like 163 or 164 let's say around there my max goes up to like 172 173 it's very similar effort to what I do for the six mile threshold run on a Tuesday except obviously it's fucking 70 to 80 minutes it's far longer but because the bike doesn't have the same wear and tear and the same pounding and the same speed and it's not ripping your muscles as much you get away with it it's fucking outstanding like to to put that into perspective and I'm not I'm not trying to gloat or show off I'm going to back it up with fact um Two weeks in a row on a Tuesday, um, I've averaged, I think I averaged 450 per mile for six miles two weeks ago. And then this week, sorry, that's like like 10 days ago, let's say. And then this week, I averaged 445. So I would have ran like 29.57 10 days ago, and I would have ran 29.31 for 10K the Tuesday just gone. I think if I ran like the extra 320 meters, whatever it is, but I, I don't bother. If I was going to PB, I definitely would, but I, like, I, I don't care. Um, Nala, please stop eating my foot. Um, hey, enough. She's obviously bored and wants to go walk. But so if that's the kind of speed that that heart rate and that effort, um, you know, is, is like, that's what it's resulting in outside around the Victoria Park. Like, 
you know, the thought process I had this morning is there's just no way that I could do, you know, 445 pace on a Tuesday with an average heart rate of 163 and then do my Ks yesterday on the Friday and then wake up on a Saturday morning and go to the park running again an average um, 164 like like I did Tuesday and, and even average five minute mile pace this time like that would just fuck me up like you can't you can't do a 10k tempo on a Tuesday averaging 445 k's on a Friday and then wake up on a Saturday morning and go to the park and do 70 minutes at you know threshold effort and given that my threshold has been 445 to 450 pace recently you know you're going to get injured really fast um but it blows my mind that on the bike you just i don't know you just get away with it or i do i, I don't so it's it's like <laughs> i'm i'm not kidding when i say it feels like a fucking superpower because i've just found this new way to push myself hard on a saturday morning in my living room but it's not at the moment taken away from the other running training that I do, like you know, my thresholds have they've only got faster. My K reps have only got faster. So it's not like I'm doing it. You know, when I added all the miles and I told everybody in the podcast, you know, yay, like let's do it like the Japanese do it and and let's run way more miles. Like I threw the miles up to 110, 115, 120. I slowed the speed down and I and I kept waiting. You know, I did it for like three, four weeks. And I kept thinking on a Tuesday morning, I was going to go to the road loop or I was going to go to the track and I was going to do this session and I was just going to go, wow, it's really working. You know, this fuck, these miles are really working. But in reality, it just made me slower. I just got slower. I got better at running slow. Um, so I was at the minute, I'm only running like 70 to 80 mile a week. But the stuff I'm doing on the bike, like it's not just slow miles. It's fucking, it's hard and it counts. So like it's it's adding to the week rather than I think when I jump the miles up to 110, 115, doing those extra runs, all I was doing was fucking teaching my body to run slow. Like I'm, I'm going to take a drink of my, my recovery drink. So hold on. Sorry, I had to take a big old drink because I'm podcasting. Um, yeah, it wasn't useful. Some people um, might find use in more miles. Personally, you know, I'd like, I, like I can have conversations with a coach now and, and we can be like, if you add 10 to 20 miles a week to your current program, like if you've been a runner like I have for 15 to 20 years, how much fitness is that really going to create? Let's say over an eight week period. How much fitness is two extra 60 minute runs a week? You know, going and running eight and a half to nine miles. Let's say for me, if I go run nine miles and I average 630 to seven minutes per mile, my average heart rate's going to be like 120. How much fitness have I really built in, in those two extra runs for, you know, eight weeks in a row? That extra sort of 18 miles a week that would be. Um, for eight weeks in a row, how much fitness is that really going to build in the scheme of things? Now, if you could handle 10 miles a week more at threshold, so like w- over 160 heart rate, 
and whatever that would be for you. And I'm, I'm only talking about my threshold heart rate. I'm not talking about yours here. But if you were able to handle an extra 10 miles a week at the kind of speed that you race a half marathon, well, I'm, I'm probably going to tell you in eight weeks time, you're going to be feeling pretty fucking good. If you don't get hurt and you can handle it, you'll probably feel a lot fitter. And that's the thing with training. I actually think you'd be better not even worrying about the extra 18 or 20 miles a week and, and adding something like gym, plyometrics, um, yoga, um, maybe another sport, and especially another sport that you might not be that fucking good at. And so by doing it, you're challenging your body, your brain, everything so much. Like, do you think I enjoy getting my fucking ass kicked on a Saturday morning on that bike? I am so competitive and to be to be spending the first 35 minutes of a 70 minute race trying to break into the top 100. Do you know the last time in a race I was trying to break into the top 100? Like I can tell you it was at the World Mountain Running Championships um, like years and years and years and years ago. And, you know, it broke my heart. Um, but here I am pushing as hard as I fucking can, the same kind of effort that I'm not kidding, if I went to the park pretty fresh and ran 70 minutes at 164 heart rate, I can guarantee you I would break, I would break 64 minutes for a half marathon right now, I would run 63 something in the park, well, you know, and, and that's a fact, because I've done six miles two weeks in a row at 160 to 164 heart rate average, and you know, the slowest pace was 450, and the fastest was 4.45. So do the maths. Now, it's mad that I'm putting in that effort just to break into the top 100 in a bike race. But the plus side to that, it's fucking brilliant. See for your psychology and your mentality just to be fighting and digging. And that's what it would be for most people. There's a, a guy I listen to, David Goggins. And, you know, I, I listen to the same... I think it's like a 28 minute interview or whatever. And he says, most people pretty much double down on things that they're good at. And and the way he says it is if you're good at running, if people are good at running, all they do is run. And he says, I say double down on things you're not good at. And um, sometimes it's not even for the benefit to come back and improve running. Um, whether or not the biking, you know, improves my running my running fitness, you know, I don't know if my threshold has got faster than it's ever been before because of the bike or if my threshold has got faster than it's ever been before because for eight to ten weeks I've done a threshold run every week. It's very hard to tell. You know, you, it, there's too many variables. I've been at sea level longer than I've ever been before. I've been running faster because I'm not at altitude for longer than I've ever been before in the last four years. I'm sleeping in an altitude tent. Um there's a lot of variables, um, but I can tell you that there's so many times I'm out in that park and I'm four mile in the threshold run and I look down at my heart rate and I think about the effort and I say, do you know what? I push harder on a Saturday morning in a, in a swift cycling race than I am pushing right now. So pretty much fucking crack on with it kid you know you know this is easy because this is nothing and and that's what i think is important about all this if you can find something that challenges you it doesn't really matter what it is just see everything in life as a challenge you know like like i i, I like a dog right 
me, me, I love this dog to bits, and I mean, I love this dog to bits. Like, I'd be so sad if anything happened to her, and and you know, like, I'd be very protective over her. And if we're in the park, or like, like last night, I just noticed some of her hair was missing, and I don't know if a, a dog nipped her, or you know, she got tangled in something. And I was, I was like sad. I was sending my mum pictures, like, what do you think happened here? Like, oh my god. Um, and even though she's completely fine, it was me, but like. This dog drives me mad. Like, I have to be... If she, if I wake up and she's peed in her bed, right? She's a six-month-old dog. This is going to happen. And I... <coughs> sorry. <coughs> and I think to myself, that disrespectful dog, I tried to teach her. She's, she didn't listen to me, you know? And I take this personal. And then I naturally go, shut up. You know, I have these conversations with my mum all the time. I go, shut up. This dog, do you think she thought of you when she decided, I really need to pee, so I'm going to pee in the bed here? No, she didn't think about you. She's six months old. She's a pup. She peed. And so I'll come downstairs. I'll be on my high horse. I'll shout at her. I'll, like, I'll take her lovely, comfy memory foam bed out of like her little den area, and I'll make her sit in there without the memory foam comfy bed, as if like that's me showing you. And then like five minutes later, I'll be like, all right. She doesn't even remember anymore. So, you know, you need to move on. And then it's not about her. Then it's about me, right? And the reason I'm telling you this story is because that's just me getting better at, at handling emotions and, and handling things that goes on. And that transfers into sport, right? So I'll tell you another example. And that's just her pee in her stupid bed. And, and that's going to keep happening, you know, probably till a year I, I don't know, you know, I, I really don't know. I don't even know how, like, you're supposed to discipline or talk to a dog. Or The lady I used to live with in, in England would say, you just talk to them like they're an adult. <laughs> and I said, okay. Um, but I usually shout at her and give her dirty looks and, and then ignore her. Um, but anyway, I'll give you another example. I was in a Zwift cycling race, and Nala decided to start running around the living room like a possessed dog. And um, she knocked both the fans over that, like, obviously keep me cool while I'm cycling in the race. And it gets really hot. I mean, really hot. Um, and, and instantly I am fuming, like fuming. I am I'm cursing this dog. I'm, oh, I wish I never got a dog. What a, oh, and I'm going mad. And, and instantly I had to just bang, compose myself, turn what felt like a disaster in the, well, you know, it, it's good heat training. Um, and so, like, just know that you, and I think it's something I've, I've, I've grown to be able to do, but I try to turn most situations, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's my dog peeing in her bed or knocking my fans over, or whether it's a windy, shitty day when you're out training, it's trying to turn a situation that you can control and and you know you didn't choose to exist but it exists and it's turning that into you know not necessarily a positive but a situation that you handle better than what you maybe would have um in the past and you know it can be arguments it can be like i i wish i there's so many times in my life that i wish i got over things far faster and um, you know i think back to like relationships say say with like Rachel which was a long time ago now and and I just there was so many times that I knew there was little things that you know I just needed to drop it or like get over it and it's the same in, in sport and in running and and you know the only reason I've survived 
this long this time is because when bad things or things don't go the way I'd like it to, I, I, I do get over it far faster. And and it's tough. That's a tough thing to do. Like we, we naturally want to cling to like anger and, and you know, stubbornness and, and those emotions that are like, no, no, you know, she shouldn't have said that or I can't believe she reacted that way or, or stupid things. And, and actually most of the time, in fact, nine times out of 10, it's not even what they said. It's it's that you have different expectations or you have different values that perhaps the pair of you or or you and the dog or or you and you know most people have this idea for example that on race day it's supposed to be lovely weather most that's most people's belief they believe because for three to four months or 10 years all this money all this time all this investment that the world owes it to you on race day that you know it's good weather because for fuck's sake why always me why every time I stand on the start line of a marathon is it windy or Arctic freeze or all this bullshit? It, the world doesn't owe you shit. You know, the world didn't do it. It's not personal. It just is what it is. And you just have to deal with it. So most of the time it's on you. If your belief is that the world owes you that after all that hard work, you know, it, you're going to have a bad day and you're going to be in a bad mood for no reason at all. So if you flip your mindset on it into... I'd really like it to be nice weather. Wouldn't that be great? But actually, I've really enjoyed the build-up. I've worked my ass off. I'm going to be, you know, pretty happy no matter what happens. Um, and then it's the same with, like, if you if you end up arguing with people, like, if my if my core values are that, like, if Nala pees in her bed and I tell her don't do that and I don't talk to her for 10 minutes, she should never do it again, you know, I'm just setting myself up to fail. Because of course she's going to do it again. Like, she's going to get to stage one day where she needs to pee. She's probably going to cry a bit. I'm not going to hear her because I'm upstairs sleeping. I'm just going to pee. It's just, and the sooner, but I have realized the sooner you get over it, the, the pair of you, you and the dog, can just move on. But it's the same as you and, you and your partner, you and the, the person you're married to, you and your kids. The sooner we stop beating ourselves up and beating them up, whether it's emotionally, physically, whatever, the, the, the better life can be. And I, I do believe, like I've said, I'm going to go back because I've, I've really gone off track, but all situations can end up being linked back to your running. If you're the type of person that doesn't get over things quickly, you're, you're, that's going to find you in races. Um, you're going to be in a race or you're going to be in a training session and it's not necessarily going the way you want it. Um, and, and you're going to huff and you're going to get all emotional and you're going to panic and it's going to throw you into tension and it's going to throw you into some fucking like anxiety stress ball um and and we all know that we can all find ourselves in those situations like in fucking houston marathon i i decided to swear to god at one point i told him for fuck's sake mate <laughs> like really i was like fuck me god like 18 miles per hour wins why and then i caught myself on i was like that's not gonna help um but seriously like like everything start thinking that everything that we're doing all our actions uh, I, I have a lovely quote. I watched a movie called The The Professor. Um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is absolutely fantastic. What a guy. I'm a big, big fan. Um, and Johnny Depp said, May we forever remember that in each and every moment we are composing stories of our lives. Let's aim to make it a meaningful read or at least an interesting one. I'm going to read that again. 
May we forever remember that in each and every moment we are composing stories of our lives. Let's aim to make it a meaningful read or at least an interesting one. Now, I'm going to say this is going to sound really depressing. I don't mean it to be really depressing, but, you know, if I died tomorrow or today, which I which I really don't want to happen. I really hope it doesn't happen now, or at least that I upload this podcast before it happens. Um, you know, even in the last couple of years, definitely in the last two years, you know, I've I've impacted probably a lot of people that I I wouldn't have done if I didn't create the podcast or or you know if I didn't make my comeback to running, which then led to creating the podcast, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, that's a plug, Nala. So all I'm going to say with that is, you know, on from that quote, you know, are you making it a meaningful life or, or at least an interesting one, et cetera, et cetera. If I died and, and, you know, they were going to have a funeral, there's probably a lot of people that I don't know closely, but that would probably go to social media, you know, might even want to go to the funeral and just probably say quite nice things. Um, and that's, you know, that can be quite emotional and, and it can make me quite emotional but I, I like to think that I am irrelevant to you know results I achieve or or irrelevant to it, it actually surprises me and makes me quite proud of of the person and what I stand for and and you know what I want to go on to achieve in life um, and the results are just me using the fact that I have this drive and I have this gift and these talents and 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 you know we all have gifts and talents and and it's going to lead me to my my next quote which um I just sent to the organizers of the Boston Marathon because they they asked me for a quote and it's from um basically in the matrix um when he goes to see the oracle and um she tells him um like that he's got the gift but that he's waiting for something um and, and I think we all fall you know a bit victim to this that we um like we definitely um the oracle says sorry kid you got the gift but it looks like you're waiting for something and i i i this hit me because it was like we why does somebody have to tell you that you can be something an olympic champion a northern ireland champion represent your country represent ireland win an Irish national title why do we need to be told like why like what is it what is it with us that it takes somebody to tell us or show us before we believe it ourselves or before you don't even have to fucking believe it just just chase it just try try and feel and then feel better you know that's such a great thing feel better don't feel as bad as you did the first time. Come third in the national championships, you know. Make the final of the national championships. Make the start line of a national championships. You know, those two quotes are class. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Are you helping others? Are you inspiring others? Are you inspiring your family? Are you nice to your family? Are you a good role model? Okay, that's powerful. The next powerful one is what the fuck are you waiting for? You know, we all have gifts. We all have talents. You know, I just seen on YouTube that a dad didn't have a dad. You know, he grew up without a father and he created Nala's just making winding me up and trying to have a serious moment. I'm <laughs> just sniffing the recovery bottle. Um, 
you know, this dad who grew up without a dad creates a YouTube channel and um, you should Google it. It's fucking brilliant. And and now he's created this channel to help kids that, you know, are also growing up without a dad or, or you know, sons, daughters, etc., etc. And he does things like how do you unblock a toilet? Um, how do you, un, you know, do the drains? Yeah. And the guy's getting really emotional because it went from like, I don't know, 50 views in his first video maybe to like 1.4 million views and it's blown up um that was a fucking gift he 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 never he probably has been thinking about uploading videos like that for ages and he didn't and he didn't and he didn't and then he fucking did and and now you know in a short space of time he's, he's blown up and he's helped thousands of people millions of people so you know if there's things that you, you keep thinking that you should do or commit more to training or, or commit more to your job or, or ask for a promotion, just fucking do it. Fuck it, feel. Get really good at feeling and just picking yourself back up and, and waking up each day and realizing that, fuck, today's another day to, to feel. Or maybe you won't feel or you'll feel better. And you will. Sorry, my battery's going so, you know, but maybe you'll do something that really surprises you and, and it'll feel really, really good. Um, all right, guys, you all take care. Um, I, I appreciate you listening as absolutely always. Um, and I, I hope you find something um, insightful. All right, take care. Bye-bye.